Psalm 110, you can find that on page 640 in these Bibles. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy majesty. From the womb of the dawn you will receive the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his wrath. He will judge the nations, heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. He will drink from the brook beside the way. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Colossians 3, 1-17 on page 1235 out of the Red Bibles. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, in case you don't know me, I'm Jeremy. Uh, I come along, go along normally to the uh, 10 o'clock service, but uh, every now and then Sean is desperate, so he comes to me. Uh, to ask me to share. <laughs> so uh, what clothes should I wear? That was my big question this morning as I got up. Uh, breakfast I made the night before. I do that thing where you put oats in a bowl and put some milk with it. Uh, so for me, the biggest thing I had to answer this morning was what clothes do I wear? Uh, what clothes should I wear, particularly uh, since I'm speaking in church? Uh, See, the reality is, I couldn't wear this. 
uh, which is my shorts uh, that I wear for, well, manual labour. In fact, I had these this morning and they actually looked cleaner because I've actually used them today to do some work. Uh, I've been moving some pavers recently in the heat. Aren't I crazy? Uh, so it was these torn shorts that I wore. But they wouldn't be the right clothes to wear here, would they? No. Our clothes, though, make a point of difference. As I look around, nobody here looks identical in the clothes they're wearing. We all look different in some way, don't we? Uh, Some of us think we look better than others. Thank you, Isaac. But the reality is uh, we all wear different sorts of clothes to show something, to be different. They show us differently, but you know what? As I look around, there's actually not much difference. Most of us just wear what is really Western clothes, don't we? Clothes that we'll generally feel comfortable in and that cover up the important things Uh, And like this morning, we were singing a song called Beautiful Feet, and it talks about how maybe our feet we don't want people to see. Well, look, mine are covered up so you can't see them. But what is the real difference? You see, if my neighbours were to look at me in the clothes I wear, they would just think, oh, well, there goes Jeremy. There just goes somebody who's normal, who just wears clothes. And so I want to ask the question, Is that what they're thinking when they look at me and they might know I'm a Christian and yet they look at what I look like on the outside and think, well, maybe there's actually not much difference. Wears the same clothes, lives in a house with a roof, has some nice comforts, a car or two. I look pretty similar to everybody else, don't I? Is that what it's like to be a Christian, that we actually look like everybody else? There's actually not much difference that we look the same. What is the difference? Well, our passage today, I think, makes a point about the difference between us and the rest of the world. And the difference is in a matter of life and death. But I want to use verse 3 as our key verse for today. Verse 3 says, For you died, this is talking to Christians, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. There's a big difference. We've died. Our life is hidden with Christ. That message is a bit different, isn't it? Uh, so often I hear in our world and in, in, even in our churches sometimes this sense that, oh, you've got to have the positive message. Uh, the buzzwords often in uh, psychology now are about positive psychology, for example. It's, a, it's about feeling good almost, it seems, at times. But being a Christian is different. We start straight away, it seems, on a negative. You died. And your life is hidden. It's not about you being showy, it's it's hidden. What's, What's going on there? Well, we have to get a new life and that comes through death. What's the death all about? Well, it's the gospel. If you were to look back in Colossians... Uh, Back in uh, chapter 1, verses 15 to 23, we get this amazing passage talking about Jesus, the one above all, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, the ruler, the sustainer, the one in whom God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell. Think about that for a moment. God's fullness dwelling in this one man, Jesus. 
And what did this one do? Well, through him, God reconciled to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. He reconciles us. But where were we? Well, it does talk about us. It says, once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Through Jesus, God has taken us from that point of death, alienation, enemies, to be reconciled, to be in relationship, to know and love God. That's a huge transfer. And so now, in Christ, our life is hidden. We've died to the old life. If we follow Jesus, we are to be people, who, or we are the people who've been brought into relationship with him. As I think about my street where I live in North Richmond, as I think about where I work and, and as I drive, I'm sure a lot of people still can't see that difference. From an outside perspective, I'm sure I look similar. But it's almost like hidden in my backyard is a billion dollars worth of gold. So valuable. Hidden. But that's the reality of what we have in Christ. Before I move on, though, I must ask, have you been reconciled to God? Have you recognised your terrible plight that you were an enemy of God and need to be reconciled through Jesus' death and resurrection? please make sure you have done that. It's actually not worth listening to the rest of what I say if that has not been done for you, if you haven't been reconciled. But for those of us who have been reconciled, there's a different life. And it's not actually in the clothes we wear. It's in how we live. Verse 3 again in chapter 3, For you died... And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You have died. The old life is to be put to death. There are things in our past or that we do now that we actually need to get rid of. You see, when we were younger, we got away with certain things, didn't we? At the moment, we're moving to the joys of toilet training for our youngest. But it made me think about our eldest and our second eldest and what's happened in their life and the fact that at one point they were in nappies and now they no longer are. At one point they worked out, hey, this going to the toilet thing actually has benefits, I may as well do it. Unfortunately, they do. But I thought, hang on, I, better, I just want to check. So what did I do? I, I turned to one of my children recently and I said, uh, would you want to go back to wearing nappies? Now, after looking at me, almost sort of trying to work out, why is Dad asking this trick question? Uh, the answer was quite clearly no. As if, Dad, what's wrong with you? As if you would do that, as if you would go back to it. 
And so it is with the Christian life. We have died, died to the old way of living. And so we need to get rid of it. Verse 2 talks about how we need to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's what we've died to. But what are these? Well, fortunately, Paul outlines it a little bit for us in case we're a little unsure. I love it when Paul does this. It helps me. So in verse 5, I'm just going to read verses 5 to 11 because he just outlines it. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. What a list though. Did you notice how it started? It wasn't a case of take off those old raggedy clothes that you wear and put them in the bin and just put something new on. No. Put to death. Over these holidays, I decided to take the chance to do some reading of fiction. It's been a while since I've read fiction, but uh, I thought I'll pick up one of the series that my children have been reading, and one of them's been reading a series called The Ranger's Apprentice. Does anyone know it? One one person, a few people. Oh, look at that. Wow, what a series. I've enjoyed it. It's it's quite good fun. Uh, But... I don't want to give much away about the series except to tell you a little bit about the Rangers. They're they're some sort of mysterious character, it seems. Mysterious to everyone else. They wear these grey and green cloaks and and it seems that they appear out of nowhere. As it turns out, they're just very good at hiding in shadows, but everyone thinks they're almost sorcerers. Now, they're not like other soldiers who come into battle wielding a sword and, and whatnot or a lance. No, 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 they tend to avoid the upfront battle. They use archery. So often they're hiding away and then their arrow comes. And these guys practice and practice and practice to hit the target for days, weeks, months, years on end. They are so good at it that if one of these guys fires an arrow at you, you can be sure your life is not going to last much longer because it will hit the target for which it's intended. And I can't help but wonder sometimes, when it comes to the sin in our life, that we sort of view it as, oh yes, I've got to deal with that in time and I'll get there eventually. Rather than actually being like the archer with the arrow who pinpoints in on that tiny spot and deals with it. That's what we are to do with our earthly nature. Kill it. Not just take the earthly clothes and put on some new ones. No, burn it, destroy it. 
I don't want to sp summarize this list too much. There's a few things that jump out of me very quickly. Impurity. Try and watch TV without that being an issue. Uh, lying to each other. It's like we're trying to cover it up again, isn't it? We so try and protect ourselves. And even verse 11, I can't help but think of racism, elitism, us thinking we're better. But rather than me trying to explain all these, I'm sure that hopefully most of them are self-explanatory. What I want to do is give you some time. I'm actually going to give you about a minute or so to have a look through the things that are listed there and have a think. What is the one sin that you need to work on? And then after that minute or so, I'm going to pray a prayer of confession. But I'll give you that minute first. Have a look through. What are you going to target to deal with in your life? Let's bring these things before God. Heavenly Father, you have loved us with an everlasting love, but we have gone our own way and broken your laws. We are sorry for our sins and turn away from them. For the sake of your Son who died for us, forgive us, cleanse us, and change us. By your Holy Spirit, enable us to live for you and to please you more and more. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our lives are hid with Christ, so that old life, that life of those clothes that we seem to just keep hanging on to. Uh, I've had a number of women at points approach me and say, you actually wear those? To which my answer is yes. But it's meant to be gone, dead. Because our life is hidden with Christ, which actually leaves us something different. We need to be able to focus on something. So we're going to get rid of that, but what do we do instead? Well, the passage reminds us what to do by reminding us where we are. Uh, verse 1, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So we've been raised with Christ. As Sean said earlier, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. It's hidden, we can't physically see it, but it's the reality. Seated in the heavenly realms. Incredible. So if that's true, what are we to do? We are to set our hearts on things above. That is Christ. Our hearts, our desires, our longings, what we dream for. On Christ, focused on him. Uh, but just to deal with what seems to be a dualism, I think, in the world of minds, he says, and set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Uh, you see, in our world, I think, there's this dualism going on where, where people sort of think, I can say that I believe in God, and yep, I've ticked that box, but I can live my life however I like doesn't matter what I really dream for or long for. I've at least got the, the, the intellectual assent. Yeah, God's real and I somehow believe in him. But no, 
That's not the case for the Christian. It's together. It's supposed to be the case that when they look at our lives, they see not just words but actions. It should be like this email I received recently uh, from somebody who had been involved in some Christian activities. I want to read it to you. They said, I loved helping with the children, but also being able to talk to real Christians about their journey and being able to take advice. When I say real Christians, I just mean people who not only say they're Christian, but show it in their actions. At one level, what an encouraging email to receive. Encouraging that this person is recognising there's something about Christianity and Christians that's real. And when it's real, you see it not just in word, but in deed. And Paul wants that to be the case, not just about saying, oh, yeah, I'm focused on Jesus. No, I'm focused on living. Every part of my whole being is about Jesus. And so what does it look like? What does it look like to be raised with Jesus? Well, verses 12 to 17 give us some good hints. Let's read through it. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Loving, forgiving, thankful, focusing on Christ. All of us. It's not easy, but when it is done well, that's when you get an email like that that I mentioned earlier. That's what you want to see in a Christian community, that there are real Christians, to use the word. Real Christians who are being honest who are putting others before themselves, real Christians who are forgiving. How easily do we hold grudges? But I think it goes a bit further because it talks about bearing with each other. Being a community of people who have a clear focus but are all different. If you find a Christian community where all the people are exactly like you, whether it be that they're all the same age, all the same wealth, the same clothes, the same school, the same work, the same restaurant. Well, it might be a Christian community, but it's not the breadth of what we see here, is it? I love our communities here at Currajong and North Richmond. 
Communities that go from young to a little bit older, uh, that spread a little bit of the socio-demographic. Yes, it probably reflects Kurajong reasonably well, but there's a little bit of a spread. That's actually important for a Christian community. That's the way it should be. That even if we're with people that we don't always engage with well, that's actually a good thing. I find it fascinating in the school I work in because there's times where people say to me, we should only do things on year levels. And I respond to that by saying, you can do that for everything else, but when it comes to the Christian stuff, like chapel, no, it's actually a reflection of what God's community is like. That we actually bear with people who may be much younger or much older, recognising God's community is different that it's actually one that is loving and thankful. That keeps coming up, doesn't it? Gratitude, whatever you do, giving thanks to God. Recently I caught up with some family, some relatives, and I remember one of the relatives just kept dropping in the conversation every now and then how thankful they were for what God had done. Little bits here and there. It wasn't over the top, but it was there. I noticed And I think that's a good model, to recognise good things God gives us and be thankful to God and to be doing that in our own prayer lives. You see, these things may be hidden, but it's the reality. And so I want to encourage you, as we return to our normal lives, as we might call them, our lives where we may not look different on the outside, remember the difference we have in Christ. Our life is hidden with him. We've died to that old life. We've been raised with him. And we are to focus on him. And how long are we to do this for? Well, this is one of the things I love about having many generations in a church. Because what I can do is I can look at those who are a little bit older than me and go, ah, keep on going. But for how long? Well, verse 4 makes it clear. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The glorious truth will be revealed. So we keep going until he returns. Keep living for Jesus until that day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have worked through your Son to reconcile us to you, dealing with our sin, causing us to die in it or to it so that we might be hidden with Christ. Help us, Father, to remember these great truths as we live for you, focusing on your Son knowing the great things we have in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.